competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the magic. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike, and I'm considering opening this because of all the damn late scratches we're getting. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> uh, oh, boy. This has been... Yeah, uh, I'm ready to start drinking as soon as uh, this gets done, and, and Mike is as well. How are you guys doing? How is everybody out there in the Racing Dudes land? Is everybody feeling calm? No uh, no, no bad uh, issues? Nothing nothing going bad? Shoddy's having a good day? Yeah, it's been... Yeah. I, I honestly want to pour one out for Shadi more than anyone else because I know how she and Davey have been into practical moves so much and how fun it is to like actually love a horse and then to see it kind of build up to this and you get a horse like for you last year, you had one as well. And like it then just for it all to fall apart and essentially a training accident throws a jockey, takes off, game over. Just a bummer of a way to go down, especially for the people holding futures tickets. I had a couple of people send me some expletive line dms about their 50 and 60 to 1 futures tickets that uh the day before the derby are, are no bueno yeah if you missed the news uh practical move earlier today uh that spiked a fever right which was crazy because we saw uh tim yakteen the trainer and his wife camilla works uh, millie ball works for xbtv she put video out of him just galloping around this morning looked great and uh yeah he is out because he spiked a fever very unfortunate and then yeah, the Lord Miles news broke. Uh, well, listen, it, I'm happy it happened. Uh, Safi Joseph, I thought ne this needed to happen for a while. It's a shame that it took two horses dying under his care for it to happen. But he has been, uh, Churchill Downs showed him the door. They gave him the Bob Baffert treatment. I love in this statement, by the way, Mike, that has said, uh, in consultation with Safi Joseph Jr., they basically said, you can pack up your things and go. Or you can go and we'll pack up your things and ship them to you in Florida. So one or the other. Which do you prefer? So um, with that, we at least know White of Barrio will be for sure racing uh, at instead of the Churchill Downs. He'll be racing at Belmont Park on Saturday. Well, that's the interesting part about this, too. I mean, you're, you're losing horses in the pick five sequence that were Safi horses that are now gone. I know like you like Masterpiece earlier in the card. He's no longer running. So Lord Miles obviously changes the derby. And, and honestly... The fact that Cyclone Mischief and Mandarin Hero get in make the race even more complex in my mind. We'll get into it. It's going to be the last one we cover here on the pick five. But it adjusts the undercard play, too. My pick five ticket drastically changed when you took out White Barrio, And so now I had to readjust there. There's less speed in that race. I think that certain horses are going to get a little better trip now there. And then you, you have just this, this domino effect from all these different things. And now Mandarin Hero's in. And honestly, I don't know what to do with Mandarin Hero. Um, I kind of want to use Mandarin Hero, but I kind of don't out of the 20 post. <laughs> so it's it's one of those where it's like, oh God, do I have to fit him in the super now? Like, where do you, how do you, how do you structure this? Because that was one of the horses I was like, hey, if he gets in, he's legit in this race, right? Cyclone Mischief, a pace factor, probably not going to matter at the end. Mandarin Hero could matter at the end of this sucker. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, I was a big fan. Practical Move was my top pick until that scratch happened. And uh, Mandarin Hero, is, it, I didn't add him in. I'll tell you that now. But it is very interesting. And unlike the other Japanese horses, uh, Dermot Sotogaki and Continuar, who I'm not using 
Mandarin Hero came to the U.S. and proved on dirt that he can hang with my top pick in the, in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, by the way, post 20, which as of right now is where Mandarin Hero will break from, uh, is 2 for 19 winning the Derby, 2 for 19 in the money in the Derby. Kind of a boomer bust post. So either you win or just don't even play him in the top three. So if you're thinking about, do I put Mandarin Hero there? History says either put him to win or don't use him at all. Well, and the two were Big Brown, right, who won and was a, a legit triple crown contender till he goes down to one knee in the Belmont. And the biggest fluke in the Derby history where Rich Strike <laughs> But like, it's not you, you either have to be a, a legit triple crown contender or have the fastest pace ever to win out of the 20 post. And it's just it's a lot to ask, a lot to it ask. Yeah, Alex Burr posted this, and I actually did have this thought for a brief second. Is Tim Yachty picking up Lord Miles? I know you're joking, Alex. I really thought, boy, wouldn't it be kind of nice for the connections of Lord Miles if they're like, all right, we got the horse to the Derby. We'll still be able to run him just for Tim Yachtine, who he just keeps picking up everybody's, you know, cast out. Oh, trainer got banned. Send him to Tim Yachtine. But since Tim Yachtine also lost practical move. So, uh, yeah, it would, be, it would be interesting there. Um yeah, I don't know. He's, he is suspended indefinitely uh, from CDI. That's it, though. We'll see. But we've got a big show, Mike. We do have the pick five, as you called it, the late middle pick five or middle late pick five. I can't remember. Either one works, I think. It's races eight through 12, all graded stakes coming at you. We've got a big show. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up! Almost forgot to completely, completely forgot to share the screen here. Get it, bear with me one second here. I'll get this filled up. First leg of the Kentucky Derby pick five on Saturday, May 6th, race eight. It's the grade two. Pat Dane mile for 14. Three-year-old males going a one-turn dirt mile. And Mike, you teased earlier this week. I forget which live show it was. You teased that you had a strong opinion here. So I'm very curious. Where'd you go on top? Yep. You know, if you have trouble with the race, why not single? And that is what I am going to do to start out this sequence because I want to spread in every other race. And so I'm going to take what, what is my biggest opinion in this pick five sequence and hope to holy hell that Tim Yachtine wins a race on Saturday. And that's going to be the seven <laughs> horse, Fort Bragg. I talked about this horse after the Florida Derby. We saw the break. We saw the move. He had to rush up in 22 and change, 46 and change. I thought he actually held on fairly well considering everything that went wrong in the Florida Derby. This isn't a feel the world beaters, man. <laughs> so when you look through this thing, like a little interested in kangaroo court, I could make a case for echo again, but for me, I'm just going to try and get through here with a single so I can sprinkle some prices throughout. We often talk about how singling the tough race is a great way to play these pick five sequences. Cause if you're right, it gives you an ample opportunity to cash a monster ticket, especially against other people We're going to, when you're contrarian here. So I'm going to go up ahead and I'm going to single the seven Fort Bragg. I think he is better around one turn. I think he is better at a mile. I think that Florida Derby is an underrated race from him. People have been just shitting on the Florida Derby left, right, and center the last week and a half. I don't think that's fair or accurate. So give me Fort Bragg the seven as a single here to kick this off. When you, I got to admit, when you started off saying Tim Yachtin is going to win a race, I thought your strong opinion is a Calbred that's no. only ever faced Calbreds, almost no. lost a six and a half furlongs. You're going to play Kangaroo. Oh, that's right. He's got Fort Bragg still because of Baffert. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, also, mm -hmm. also, my top pick in here. I, I didn't single, but I agree with everything that you said. Uh, you're actually the one who put me onto Fort Bragg because of that Florida Derby when we were watching the replay the, the Monday after the race. 
Um, the fact that this, I really think this horse is best at one turn, like you mentioned. The Dam March Express was a stakes winner, multiple stakes placed turf sprinter. So again, that kind of leads to he's probably going to be better going a one turn mile. He did break his maiden. Actually, he broke his maiden twice going a mile. It was two turns. Uh, first time um, he was you know was DQ'd given to practical move, and that's actually how practical move got his maiden victory. Uh, but he did that from off the pace, and then next time out he went gate to wire over Reincarnate, a horse that's in the Kentucky Derby and has shown up in the bunch of the Kentucky Derby prep races along with winning the Sham Stakes. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, second for me, number nine, General Jim at four to one. This was a horse that actually was going to be my top pick in the Fountain of Youth. And then he scratched. Uh, he'd missed, I think he missed a week of training as he caught a fever or something. There was a small little hiccup, uh, but the trainer said, you know what, we're not going to go ahead and force uh, General Jim to go in there. I love that he shows up here because that soil stakes win at seven furlongs I thought was beautiful. The Fountain of Youth, the big reason I liked him is because a mile on the 16th at Gulfstream, they're stopping at the 16th pole. So again, a little bit of a shorter distance than even a mile on the 16th would have been. And then also, you know, look at the Mucho Macho Man. He had a really horrible trip that day, cost him any kind of chance. Third place finisher is Lord Miles, who we just talked about. Won the Wood Memorial, should have been in the Kentucky Derby. And I think there will be a fast pace here. You've got Kangaroo Court in here. You've got... Um, uh, uh, Fort Bragg should be probably sitting off of it a little bit, which I think is best for him. Uh, Echo again might go to the lead. Uh, Frosted Departure is probably going to want to go to the lead. There's a lot of speed. I think it's going to come back, and it's going to set up for Fort Bragg or General Jim. On the off chance that doesn't happen, or, you know, say Churchill just decides that Kentucky Derby Day, speed's going to be killer. I'm going to use the 5 Echo again as well at 7-2. to two. Super impressive debut, debut winner going gate to wire uh, at Saratoga going 6.5 furlongs. Tried two turns in his next three starts, didn't leave a mark. The Kentucky Derby Trail wasn't for him. He came back in that one-mile allowance at Oakland Park, which is uh, a two-turn race, but just like with Goldstream in a mile and 16th, at a mile at Oakland, they stop at the 16th pole, and that was a big key as to why he won by a length and a quarter. He's 4-5 to five that day, getting 7-2 to two here. He'll probably still get bet down at probably, you know, 5-2, to 3-1 to one range is what I'm thinking, Mike, and, and probably is a, a big reason why you were against Echo again, but... I love the fact that he showed in that last race. He didn't need the lead. He sat a few lengths off. He let a horse go that was kind of an easy leader early and was able to just shoot right past him and go on and, and get the victory. So I went 7-9-5 here, but I do respect the uh, the balls to take the number 7 as a single. Yeah, just trying to separate here and, and find a way through here. Because if I didn't use the 7 as a single, I'd be 4 deep in here. I would be using the 1, the 5, the 7, and the 10 Curly Jack uh, as a price. Those would be the four that I'd be looking at. I think this pace setup here for Curly Jack is phenomenal if he's good enough to win here at a mile distance. And you're getting 12 to 1 on him. But you got to figure out where you're going to single. And to me, it was here or it was up to the mark. And I didn't want to single up to the mark later because I like two horses that are shipping in for that race. So I'm going to take a swing here, try and get through this first leg with just one horse and then be able to spread everywhere else. I think you could see prices in every single other leg in here. And I'm not even going as deep as I'd like in the Kentucky Derby to get to my picket. So <laughs> you got to single the tough one sometimes if you want to get through. And, and honestly, you could make a case for Damon's Mount. You could make a case for Gunpilot. You could make a case for General General. Uh, general gym so it's one of those spots where you got to decide where your biggest opinions are and, and for me that was fort bragg here in this first leg speaking of big opinions we'll move on to my single second leg of the kentucky derby pick five on saturday may 6th at churchill downs race nine the grade two american turf stakes for 14 three-year-old males plus two also eligible is going a mile and the 16th on the new churchill downs turf course where are you going on top buddy I'm going to go with two logical horses and then two big-time swings in here. The logical horses for me, the one major dude, look, they tried him in the Kentucky Derby Trail. They sent him to synthetic. I thought he actually ran pretty well behind two fills. Now he gets back to turf. 
what is his which is his best surface he's going to sit a very good trip here being able to sit right behind the speed the one rail draw is perfect for him for his style for wanting to save ground on both turns be mid-pack to forwardly placed and then make a move so major dude makes a ton of sense on the rail of five to two and Carl carl sparkler or spackler is the other one that you got to at least talk about here because carl spackler has a chance to be chad brown's or one of chad brown's next great horses and that's what we saw in that gulfstream park win it, you're you're gonna if you, he wins the way he could this is the last time you'll ever get three to one on this horse. And that that really is why if, if your people are trying to single him or want to bet him to win, I don't hate that idea. Um, but for me, I think there are some interesting horses in here from both a pace and a getting back on the turf perspective that made me spread a little bit more. But I'll start out with the one in the 11. Hey, you call it the 11, Carl Spackler. That's my single here. Uh, debut race, had a rough break, rushed up to press the pace, took command off the turn, got caught at the wire by the number two, Far Bridge, who uh, is an interesting one. I don't know if you used him or not, but it, either way, we should talk about him for a second because uh, he came back to win his next start. Carl Spackler returned, dominated maidens a month later by almost nine lengths. He looked just like a future star. Like, you look at that and you go, that's a Chad Brown horse. Okay, that horse is going to go win some graded stakes races on some big days. It is a deep field, but I think this race is his to lose unless the five goes gate to wire. That is kind of the concern there, Johannes, but it's it's a California turf horse coming in that's not trained by Phil D'Amato, and for me, that was why I felt comfortable enough singling and not including the five in here as well. Did you use the five, Johannes, in your ticket? I did. It just to, like, yes and you on Carl Spackler, too. Terrible posts. Through the nine of 11 and the eight of 10 at Gulfstream in his two races. That is not advantageous at all. Now no. in the 11 post here, not a wonderful post, but easier at Churchill than it is at Gulfstream to do get the job done from out there. Yeah, I thought Johannes is a must-use here for the simple reason that the only other speed's mustache, and he ain't that fast, and he's breaking outside of Johannes. Um, and so I, these turf races, we've seen it on big days. Horses can go gate to wire. And when you have a horse that I think is loose out there, I'm going to put him on the ticket. And so Johannes, the five horse at 15 to one makes the ticket. The other horse I'm adding in here is the three horse Mendelssohn's March. Uh, McPeak, at least it's a McPeak price. We're not we're not playing McPeak chalk here. <laughs> but when you look at the three horse and you go back and you look at the kind of the progression here. So runs at fairgrounds, just misses, ends up getting breaking the maiden because of a DQ, runs back, back at Oakland Park in the slop. We often talk about turf horses, how they transition over the slop fairly well. Comes from off the pace there. So I like that we were on the lead in a slow pace. We came from off on a reasonable pace. They put him in way over his head in the bluegrass. And now, which, you know, Kenny McPeak move. Now bring him back into where I think that he has his best shot to succeed. And that's over this turf course. It's being able to be tactically placed and then close. And oh, by the way, Mendelssohn, pretty good turf sire. And the dam is out of Galileo. So it, you've got turf top and bottom in my mind on this three horse. You're getting back to the right surface. You're getting 12 to one. And you're going to get every bit of 12 to one. I don't think this is one of those horses that gets bet down to five or six to one on race day. I think you're going to stay in that 12 to one, maybe even float up to 15 to 21 range. And yeah, he needs to show more than he did the first time he was on turf. But he has improved in those other two races, and now you have a more experienced horse who should get a fairly good setup and should be forwardly placed and save ground on both of these turns. And you nailed it. You're getting a McPeak in this spot at a price. Like This horse to me is dangerous. I didn't use him, but uh, it's one that I'll be watching just to see any kind of improvement that he might make there. Uh, might be... Might be a total donkey. Might not be able that good, but I think he's he's definitely. If you're willing to go deep in this leg, uh, he's worth taking a shot at. Let's talk about the too far bridge before we move on. Like I mentioned, he actually caught Carl Spackler right at the wire in in the, both of their debuts at Gulfstream Park, and then he came back and he won that allowance at Gulfstream Park by three and a half lengths. He was two to five, so he's supposed to do that, but he looked very impressive, especially considering it was a twelve horse field. He was seven lengths back in tenth and ended up winning by three and a half. 
Since then, the, he was owned in by his breeder, Calumet Farm. He was with Christophe Clement. They sold him privately, and now he's over with Todd Pletcher, and now he's going to go back to Joel Rosario, who was aboard uh, for his debut win. Uh, neither of us used him. Was it the price that concerned you about him? Why did you leave Farbridge off? Uh, the price isn't wonderful. He's going to come from way off the pace, and so you got to trust Rosario to work out a trip on a closer from an inside post, which generally is not something that I really want to bet when it's 7-2. to two. And I don't love the fact that Calumet sold this horse. I mean, that to me was was something where it's like, okay, I, I get you want to go after the money when you can, but Calumet likes to breed horses. This is an English channel out of a kitten's joy mare. This is a great horse to breed long-term from a turf perspective. Mm -hmm. I don't love the idea. They're like, nah, you know, this might be the, the time that we can get the most money for him after he wins an allowance at Gulfstream Park. Um, so I, the trainer switch doesn't bother me. The sale is a little interesting to me. It's definitely not a positive. Um, it, Rosario having to work out a trip is not a positive here. And I look at like Carl Spackler, uh, there's just more upside for the 11 than the two major mm -hmm. dude is already better than Farbridge the two. So you really got to think that that Farbridge is going to take a step forward first time in the Pletcher barn and get the pace set up, which I don't think there is here and also be okay with choking down a seven to two price. And, and for me, I'd rather take shots of the three and the five than include the two on the ticket. And I think all great points that I agree with. And I think you could see Farbridge win a graded stakes this summer at Belmont, Saratoga, you know, somewhere on a major track. It's just, I feel like this isn't the spot to do it. And, and you nailed it. The pace doesn't set up well for him. You know, I'm thinking Carl Spackler, who's probably projected to sit fourth, third, you know, depending on what the 12 Fantastic again, our old buddy does. Um, you mentioned Mostache will go. Mendelssohn's March will probably sit right there. Major Dude will probably be right behind them. So a lot of the horses that we like sitting closer when you've got that five who has the potential to at least be very hard to reel in. And when you're going to be coming from nine lengths back like Far Ridge might be, just a little bit of a tough spot for him. So uh, don't hate the horse, just hate the spot for him. Yeah, I want to mention the four too, because I've heard a lot about the four talk of a nation. And this is one that I considered as well. I don't love Tampa turf form. That to me is a, a knock. I mean, obviously I'm not using Mostache either, who uh, <laughs> was, ran second in that race to talk of a nation. So for me that the Tampa issue is there. The trip was also perfect on this horse. Um, and, and when you have these perfect trips and then they come back in a race with a bigger field where they're, going to have a little bit more difficult time of working out exactly how they want to work it out. Uh, to me, it's it's hard to to take that type of horse. Again, 10 to 1, not a bad price. A horse I considered using, one that just ended up on the outside looking in for me. Uh, great point. And especially if someone like Mark likes the four, that's uh, definitely one you want to give another look to. Let's move on. The third leg of the late pick five, or sorry, the Kentucky Derby pick five at Churchill Downs on Saturday, May 6th, race 10. This is a grade one Churchill Downs stakes. Somebody please come up with a better name than that. Uh, you have uh, 11. Uh, well, this could be 10. What Barrio is going to scratch. So we're going to have 10 older males sprinting seven furlongs on the track. And last year, Mike, this is the one race I didn't get right in this sequence. And it cost me uh, and my future son, uh, a, a very nice college fund starter. So where'd you go on top in this race? Like I went with Cody's wish on top. Um, seven to, or four to five is not exactly a, a wild outlandish pick here. He won the Breeders' Cup mile, looked great doing so. I thought it ran a really good race that day. Is improved for Belmont every step of the way. I'm interested in the seven furlongs, one for three at the distance. He loves the track, four for four at the distance. His one seven furlong win was in the great one Fargo over Jackie's Warrior. So it's not like he can pick a lot of holes in his seven furlong form, especially with the way this horse is rounded into form. Won seven of his last eight races. The only miss was by a half or a neck to Scalding in the Challenger at Tampa going a mile and 16th, which was, hey, probably a little bit too far for Cody Squish. So 
I'm not going to like try and poke massive amounts of holes in Cody's wish. I also think if you're going to beat him, today's the day. And so I'm, I'm going to try and beat him with a couple horses here that I, I think either have a pace edge or just in more form, better form right now. Um, so I, I'll start with Cody's wish, but I am going to end up three deep here. Uh, yeah, it's funny to say that a son of Curlin out of a Tappet mare that a mile and a 16th may or may not, maybe that's a little too far for them. Uh, I went with the angle of I did use Cody's wish. I have him second, but that loss in the challenger came after a 104 day layoff. He hasn't been seen in 182 days at this point. And to me, this is the time I'm trying to beat him. Uh, Ed Burke brought it up. You know, I'm going with my boy, the number 10 endorsed. I love this horse. Uh, he has looked like a new horse since last November, reeled off three graded stakes wins at Gulfstream after he had a good second at Keeneland on the Breeders' Cup, uh, Breeders' Cup week, Breeders' Cup undercard. Um, those wins, seven furlongs or eight furlongs. So, you know, the distance won't be an issue for him. Won the grade three Hooper on Pegasus Day. That means every strong horse that was uh, a one-turn horse in training at that point was at that race, and he beat them all by open lengths. Goes to the Gulfstream Park Mile and Fountain of Youth Day. Again, it's the Gulfstream Park Championship meet. All of the best milers are going to be right there, and he beat all of them again. He showed one and three back. He can sit within a length of a moderate pace, which kind of projects like it might be that way, and still succeed. But he also showed two back that if things you know, heat up a little bit and he has to fall back a little farther behind. He can still sit behind and get the job done. I don't think that that ladder style will be as successful because we know Cody's wish will be coming from behind uh, and he's going to have to work his ass off in that church. He'll stretch to keep Cody's wish behind him. But uh, I went with endorsed on top at five to one. Cody's wish, a great pick in second. Uh, no, no shame there with picking this horse. And if he beat, I'm not going to let him beat me and knock me off this ticket. Um, third up for me, I went with the number six, Teano's Twist at six to one. You know, uh, this horse is just so damn consistent, Mike. If you look at his past performances, ever since Chris Hartman claimed him and then quit trying, he, he tried him a couple times on turf and was like, okay, well, the Kentucky Downs purse wasn't worth trying to put this horse on turf. Uh, seven starts since last September. He's won four times. He's never missed the board in any of those. He did win a six and a half furlong stakes here as a two-year-old. I think the distance, even though he's been running in a lot of six furlong sprints, I think the distance is still perfectly fine for him. Uh, I wouldn't go longer than seven furlongs for Teano Twist, but I think this is a good spot. Another one like Cody's Wish that's going to be coming from off of it a little bit. He actually will probably be behind Cody's Wish, but I just love his consistency, Mike. I, I had to use Teano Twist here. You've seen a different horse in the last four for Teano Twist. Those Oakland races it really elevated his his overall levels. For me, I didn't use him because he's 0 for 3 at the distance and 1 for 7 at Churchill. And and so I, I just I didn't want to take a horse who's never succeeded the distance. And the one win over the track was a long, long time ago. But Hartman has figured something out about this horse because we have seen that adjustment since going to those flat six furlongs. But if you've noticed, every race of September 21st, 2022, that's what, seven now in a row, have all been at that six furlong distance. To me, the seven furlongs is the real issue. I'm not sure that he wants that seven furlongs. That's why I left Tejano Twist off the ticket, especially since I think Cody's wish is kind of a better version of him. And so that's they're going to have that same style and try and run up. I am going to agree with someone in the chat here. I'm going bombs away with the eight Fortin Hill yeah. here as my other use 20 to one. And, and really this boils down to we're going seven furlongs on a major race day at Churchill Downs over the dirt. And only one horse wants to lead. That's the eight Fortin Hill. He's the fastest horse in this race early. May not be the fastest horse late, but I will at least get my druthers with my 20 to one shot leading going into the far turn. So I'm going to put the eight Fortin Hill here. And oh, by the way, this horse was very good a couple years ago. Took a very long layoff, came back pretty good, switched over to Lobo's Barn, looked very good at Keeneland. Now we're getting second off the layoff into this stakes. I think Fortin Hill has a legit shot of taking this field gate to wire 20 to one. 
Love him. This was my fourth horse as well. I went four deep, and this is the last one. You nailed all the good points. You know, Paulo Lobo's only had him for three starts going back to uh, September of 2022. Two wins, both of them by wide open lengths. And then the third, it was at Keeneland, and that was Breeders' Cup undercard. Uh, that was a race that endorsed lost uh, by a half length to Nakatomi. He was right there. He pressed the pace. Do you remember who he was pressing that day in, the, in, the, uh, in that allowance? Uh, no, who? Uh, the last place finisher, Messier. Messier was the horse he was pressing. Messier, they, they got halfway through the race and Messier said, F this, I'm done. Uh, this horse did not. He kept going. So I think this pace sets up really well for him. Uh, I see some people in the chat. Dr. Tang, stop trying to make hoist the gold happen. I think he's a great underneath horse, but I'm not using him. Uh, it doesn't sound like you are as well. Yeah, hoist the gold is so fetch, man. Um <laughs> No, I wouldn't. I, I'm not a hoist the gold guy. To be honest with you, the two horses that I was trying to sneak on my ticket, your your favorite trainer, Peter Miller. I, I think the two and the five at prices have a shot here in this spot. CZ Rocket and get her number. CZ Rocket going to be more forwardly placed. I, I like, yeah, I realize he hasn't won in a minute, but like his best race fits here. If we go back to what he was doing back in 2021, we obviously haven't seen that. Going to be first off a trip over over to, uh, to Maiden. So, a lot to ask. It's why he doesn't make the ticket, but I wouldn't sleep on CZ Rocket in this spot with Pratt up. I think that he could end up getting a pretty good trip. And let's not forget, he finished second in the sprint to elite power last year. So it's not like he's completely over the hill at this point. 10 to 1, not a terrible price. Uh, and then get her number. I mean, if you're sitting there and you're telling me you like Hoist the Gold at 30 to 1, you got to like hear me sing at 30 to 1 a little bit and get her number a little bit based on that last race. I mean, get her number doesn't break gets bumped multiple times, ends up running third to the two of them. It's one of those races where if Cody's wish doesn't show up and it's not endorsed, we'll get Papa Dude's hat over here because that would be probably the next best way to try and select a horse. Uh, Pedlo wants to know what time will everyone start drinking on Derby Day. Uh, I think I'm going to start when this finishes, and then I don't know that I'm necessarily going to stop. We'll see how Oaks Day goes. I These scratches believe. keep happening. This is, this is like I'm in California now. 7.30 a.m. first post tomorrow yeah, and Saturday. I can't wait to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get scratches, which then Churchill won't release until 7.15 in the morning. Like it, You can just see this shit happening because Churchill Downs is so bad releasing scratches on time on these big days. Uh, I, I'm, just, I'm looking forward to be angry at CDI tomorrow at around 6.30 when scratches aren't out. They can't release scratches on time. They they can't maintain a turf course to save their life, even with a, a bucket of green paint. But at least they can kick Safi Joseph off. So I think we're going to call this a little bit of a wash. The penultimate leg, speaking of Safi, of the Kentucky Derby Pick 5 on Saturday, May 6th, Race 11. The Grade 1 Old Forester Bourbon Turf Classic for now nine older males going a mile and eighth on the lawn. Masterpiece, one of these Safi Joseph horses that was told you cannot run at uh, Churchill Downs. And this was a horse that I was going to use, so I had to restructure my ticket uh, a little bit. Um, where'd you go on top in this one? Wolfie's Dynaghost, baby. He's back. My favorite horse. Well, one of them in training. Thank you, Wolfies, for that NHC run. I appreciate it. And you're my boy <laughs> for winning in the slop at Belmont as well. But you're better on synthetic, not on turf. So, no, I'm not actually using Wolfie's Gone Ghost on top. This was almost my other single. I almost singled up to the mark here. The five horse, four to one for Todd Pletcher, Irad Ortiz Jr. This is a horse where I was surprised was not the morning line favorite. You go back and you look at that maker's mark mile. Look, everything was against up to the mark, right? Chez Pierre goes gate to wire. Modern Games runs well, can't catch Chez Pierre. But up to the mark within a neck of Modern Games. If Modern Games was in this race, what are his odds? 
Three to five, four to five off of that one. I think he's four to five off the loss to Shapier. So the neck finisher behind him is four to one on the morning line. When everything was against him in the race, it makes no sense to me. Up, up to the mark is my top pick, almost my single. If this horse is around four to one and I'm still in the Kentucky Derby contest, you can probably find a, a nice little win bet next to my name in it. Yeah, that's the one concern, right, is that I'm with you. This is my top pick as well. I don't think he's anywhere close to 4-1. to one. Uh, I definitely think he's the favorite. I'm surprised that the 7 Hong Kong Harry uh, is the favorite at 7-2. to two. Uh, But I agree with everything you said about up to the mark. And by the way, a big reason for that, you can go to YouTube.com slash Racing News and check out Mike doing a full preview of this race. Although you're watching us now, you're going to get his picks in anything. But it's there in case you want more information on some of these horses. Uh, but your argument for up to the mark was what pushed me over the edge and put him on top of a horse that I really love, uh, especially in this spot. Number eight, Santine, is my second choice. Defending champion of this race, won this and the Arlington Million, both grade one races here in 2022. Last time out, returned from a long layoff. He was fourth at Turfway Park in a stakes race. He went to his nose at the start. Like it was, You have to see that to believe just how bad it was uh, for him. And he just couldn't recover from that. Uh, the second place horse, Verstappen, if you remember him, he's the one that screwed up everybody's grade two Alcorn uh, picks because he went on and won that at 20-something to one at Keeneland last month. So great form coming out of that. Uh, reunites with Tyler Gaffleone at his best track, at his best distance. And five starts to Mile and Eighth on turf. He was second by a neck, fourth by a neck, second winner, winner. I love Santine in this spot. The rust got knocked off on the synthetic. So he is my second choice in this race, Mike. I'm surprised how many people are hating on him because he's quote unquote had bad races back to back when it's like, well, like the one off the layoff, you're facing Wolfie's Dynagos, who is phenomenal on synthetic uh, and have a awful trip throughout that process. If you go to the race two back at Del Mar, the Seabiscuit, you lost to Hong Kong Harry, but you had trouble early in that race. You go one back the turf mile. It was in the seven wide around the turn, just like never really in position when you look at where Santine wanted to be in position. So there's excuses you can make for the last three. Santino is the last or second to last, depending on how I, I look at it. Of course, on the cutting room floor for me here. I, I like, look, we talked about this when we were covering Keeneland. Phil D'Amato is shipping live horses every time. Dirt, turf, doesn't matter. The fact that he sends Hong Kong here, here I mean, I feel like you got to play him. You got to include the seven just because everything D'Amato's sending is firing. The fact that he shipped the horse means that he wants to run it in here. And Hong Kong Harry could have just hung out at Santa Anita and ran in a grade one mile race. Instead, here's where we show up on Kentucky Derby Day. And oh, by the way, he sent Earl's Rock, too. So you have to use the six if you're using the seven. I, I, like, I cannot stress that enough. If you are using Hong Kong Harry because Phil D'Amato ships, you better be using the seven because Phil D'Amato ships and got Luis Saez aboard. This is another horse where, like, you had a lot of options on the West Coast. What are we doing here? So for me, the six and the seven both have to be on the ticket. If you're using one, you've got to use the other. I'm going to use the five, six, and seven and try and get out of here. The difference is one of those horses is proven at longer than a mile and the other one isn't. And that's why I left Earl's Rock off. That wasn't the, the shipping. D'Amato shipping is not the only reason why I used Hong Kong here. You're also getting Flavian Pratt aboard. And when he was uh, in California with DeMott, it was like printing money with those two on turf. I'm very happy. No offense to Umberto Rispoli. I'm very happy that he's not on this horse and that it's Pratt. Uh, but Pratt went back and picked up the mount for the Kilroy Mile, even and that would, you know didn't turn into a good re uh, result for him. But a mile too short, mile and an eighth, yeah, it might actually be pushing it for him a little bit. But I think that the way that Phil Demato's horses were running, he did get that allowance win at Santa Anita, a couple of allowance wins at Santa Anita. But mile and an eighth against stakes horses, we'll see how he does. I didn't want to use him because of the price. 
And then looking at this, I'm like, up to the mark has got to be the favorite. Hong Kong Harry might be the third choice. You might yep. see it steady on, catch a bunch of money. He might be fourth choice if people really love Santine, although it seems like there's a lot of hate for Santine right now. So uh, maybe that doesn't happen there. I think Spooky Channel's going to take money too. I mean, if you just, the coming off a third off the layoff, look great at fairgrounds. Now you're getting Rosario back aboard. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Spooky Channel takes money in here. And, and then Bye Bye Melvin is a motion horse on the outside, the 10 horse who has some speed. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. This is a pretty even betting race. To me, up to the mark again, though, should be eight to five in this race, not four to one. Yeah, I agree. Um, I am going to do, uh, I got two more horses I'll go through real quick. I did use Wolfie's Dining Ghost. I did in here. Uh, what's the chances that this is pretty quick pace? It's pretty strong, right? What if it isn't? There's one horse that you know for a fact is going to be going and he can hold on uh, after a mile and still keep running. And that's Wolfie's Dining Ghost. This horse is go absolutely going for the lead. Whether or not the one goes with him is the one's choice if he wants to lose. But the fact that he's won two straight, yeah, it was on synthetic, but he won on turf four back. Um, the fact that he beat Verstappen, who came back and did so well. The fact that he beat Santine, and Santine is my second choice, almost my top pick in here. I love him here. You're getting John Velasquez back aboard at, for the second straight start. Johnny V, Johnny T, it's a horse. It's just, Mike, he's proven time again. Even if he isn't going to win, he's going to be around in these races. He's going to be there with a chance. And at 10 to 1, when all the other horses I'm using on here are single digits, are 5 to 1 or lower, I've got to use Wolfie's Donegal because I think he's going to give me a good thrill and at least a chance at a big score. I kind of wish uh, Saez got the mount. Um, Saez obviously on Earl's Rock here, not Wolfie's Dynagos. The one thing that, that like, okay, so Wolfie's Dynagos is a better synthetic horse than Turf Horse. Let's just get that right out of the way. It's undefeated on synthetic. He, he pulled off one of the best races I've seen NHC Day two years ago when he went 46 and change on the Gulfstream synthetic where no one could go gate to wire and he went gate to wire. The Jonathan Thomas thing's interesting. That's one that, 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 People don't really talk about with Wolfies. He's only running that barn twice. That was the two synthetic wins. We have not seen him in Thomas's barn on the turf yet. If you're going to make an argument for why he can take a step forward here, third off the layoff as a five-year-old, to me, Jonathan Thomas is a big part of that argument um, because I, I do think he is a better trader than Albatrani. So if you want to make the Wolfies Dynagos case, to me, that has to be a part of it. For me, I just, at this distance on the turf, I can't do it with Wolfie against what I think is a pretty darn good field here. So I love Wolfie's Dynagos. I will be sad if he wins and also happy for him if he wins, if that makes any sense. Sad because I will lose all my tickets, but happy because it's Wolfie's Dynagos at least. <laughs> Dave uh, calling him Wolfie Honey Badger Dynagos. I love it. That's a good one. If he wins, uh, we'll have to start. Uh, you know what? We'll just adopt it anyways. We've got to try and remember. Dave, remind us if we forget next time we do a Wolfie's Dynagos race, which happens about once every two or three starts for him. Uh, we'll just start calling the honey badger. I like that. If anyone has a Wolfie's Dynago saddle cloth or know how to get one, let me know. This is the number one horse I would like that is in training right now to get a saddle cloth from. So if there's ever anyone out there, let me know. Cause I, I love me some Wolfie's Dynago. And I'll also tell everybody out there. If, uh, if you find one, Mike's willing to pay top dollar for it. There's probably not a dollar amount you could give him where he wouldn't go. Yeah, I'll give you that for it. If he says no, just tell me I'll send him a bottle of Casamigos and you can count to 30 and then he'll say yes. Take longer than thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I, that, uh, I forgot that you're not you're not Aaron and Jared. You can hold your liquor a little bit. Last on the ticket for me because Masterpiece is scratching. I did want to use him in here. Uh, the number four steady on. I'm going to use him. It's very chalky for me. You said four uh, lowest choices here, but it, it, he's been really competitive in his last seven route starts. I was trying to play against him because I like so many other short price favorites. Uh, it's got one finish in seven starts. It's outside the exacta when he's been routing. 
and he missed third by head on synthetic in a race won by Wolfie's Dynagos tool we just talked about. The Honey Badger is the tent pole for everything of which we, I'm basing around my handicapping here. So that's Ooh. probably going to be uh, a bad idea. Hi, JD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Masterpiece is scratching. Safi Joseph Jr. has been banned from CDI. They gave him two options. He can pack up and leave or he can leave and they'll send his shit to him. Uh so what happens when you kill a bunch of horses leading up to the Kentucky Derby and all the media wants to talk about is your horse is dying. All right, Mike, let's move on to the fifth and final leg of the Kentucky Derby pick five. It's, of course, the 149th Kentucky Derby. 20 older or 20 older, 23 year old Colts all going a mile and a quarter on the dirt. Uh, uh, let's see. We don't have 10 practical move anymore. We don't have 19 Lord Miles anymore. So we've got Cyclone Mischief and Mandarin Hero in and it's it is really great. I will say that all three Japanese horses that tried to get into this race, they are going to be here. I, it, it's exciting for them. I didn't use any of them. So if, if one of them wins, I'm probably not going to be happy that they got in here anymore. But where are you going on top, buddy? Uh, today has been interesting because the 10 horse practical move was a full fade for me. And the 19 horse Lord, My Lord Miles was absolutely no interest. Thought could finish last. So uh, losing two horses that I, I've had a pretty good take on and then picking up Cyclone Mischief, who matters a lot for the pace from the 21 post because he is going to he's going to be going he's going to juice it up a little bit and then a horse i think can legitimately hit the board in the 22 and mandarin hero makes my day a lot more difficult because i had this super effective figured out and now mandarin hero is putting my mind in a twist and i got to decide what i'm going to do with it um look forte is the best horse in this race right now if, if you gave me 10 to 1 in every horse i would pick forte but i don't get 10 to 1 in every horse i'm staring at 3 to 1 on forte I can't put him on top. I'm going to use him in the pick five. I'm going to go in four deep here. My top pick at the prices listed is going to be Mage. We talked about this. I've talked about this endlessly here. The trips in both the Florida Derby and the race prior to that were not great. The brakes sucked both those races. He projects to get a phenomenal trip if he can break okay. I don't even need him to break like a rocket. Just break okay. And you've got the horses to his inside, the two, the four, the six, and the seven. We're all going to go. You've got Tappet Trice, who breaks worse than anyone in this whole thing. So get, get him out of there. He's going to back it up. Then you've got the one and the three, who both have some tactical speed. There is a world here where Mage is sitting in fifth on the rail behind the one and the three, or in fifth on the outside of the one and the three, heading to the first turn. If that is the case, he is dangerous in this race. That's a lot of ifs. It's 15 to 1. I'm willing to, to, to take those ifs on here. Um, I feel like you have to use Mage. I feel like you have to use Forte. I'm going to use two others, but those are the two horses I like most in this spot. So the big difference between you and I for how we saw this race, I chucked the Florida Circuit horses, and you're just zeroing right in on them. And neither one of us is wrong yet because we haven't run the race. Uh, I left off Forte, and I'm leaving off Mage. Absolutely leaving off Mage. Top pick for me, it's practical. Well, it's not practical move anymore. I sang a song about him. I put myself out there, Mike. Aaron said, listen, it was probably destined to be, and this was just the horse racing gods, making sure that I made Angel of Empire my top pick to win the Kentucky Derby. It's a steadily improving horse, trained by one of the three best trainers in the nation, with one of the three best jockeys in the nation aboard. The fact that he went to the Risen Star Stakes and won as he did, the prep race that I point to and say that is the single most uh, important one as far as the Kentucky Derby, the, mo the, the most important prep race along the entire Kentucky Derby Trail. Sorry, stumbling a little bit. I think that that's a big reason why he was then able to go to the Arkansas Derby. He took his race to two different tracks, back-to-back, -back, won very impressively both times. And then if you go back and watch the 2019 Kentucky Derby and watch Country House, Flavian Pratt had never been aboard him before. 
Swing! Swing! Tentpole! I'd almost get mad at you for interrupting me, but that's fine. That works out. It's Flavian Pratt. Uh, yes, I absolutely love Pratt. But the, if you watch the Country House trip, he never had been that close before in any of his races. He didn't cross the wire first. It was a juiced up maximum security, but he put him in the right spot. He gave that horse every opportunity, the best chance to win the race. And that's why I'm ultimately landing back on Angel of Empire, even though pace-wise, normally if you look at a bunch of his races, no, he hasn't been that close. And that is a detriment to him. But he's outside of a lot of speed, and I trust Flavian Pratt as much as I trust any jockey in this race to put this horse in the right spot. And on that note, Tappet Trice. If there's anybody other than Luis Saez aboard, I'm not using Tappet Trice in this spot. But the Bluegrass race, if you remember when we watched the replay on the Monday Magic Mike show, I pointed out every single point that Luis Saez made the right move, the right move, the right move. He, to me, is the smartest jockey in the country. This is, I think, the most talented horse in the crop. Trained by another one of the best three trainers in the nation for this spot. The the big issue for him is that it's just going to be the post, right? You've got so much speed around him. I'm worried about all of the speed to his outside crossing over and forcing him way back. But the bluegrass trip, that kind of same thing happened with less talented horses crossing over on him. Size was able to angle him out and put him in the right spot. So I'm going with 14 and 5 as my two top picks here. Uh, I got one more, but what about you? You've got some more too. So I'm going to agree with you on 14. I, I like Angel of Empire as well. I, I'm worried about how far back Angel of Empire is going to be. This was my top pick last week. We talked about that. When I dove more into the pace, I got more and more concerned about the trip Angel of Empire is going to try and get. Um, not a wonderful breaker, not a terrible breaker, but not a ton of early speed. Uh, now, if you go back and you watch the Arkansas Derby, a race where everyone ran their race, Angel of Empire was by far the best horse. And, and so you, you see this improve, the jump up in the buyers, the maturation of the horse, if Flavian Pratt can keep Angel of Empire closer, I agree with you. I think huge chance for the 14 here. The five tap at Trice. The problem is if he breaks like he did in Keeneland, Luis Saez will not have the chance to ride him like he did. That is the biggest issue for me with tap at Trice. He needs to break clean, and he is 0 for 5 doing it. And I get I picked Mage. People could tell me he's 0 for 3. I understand that. He's actually 1 for 3. Uh, he, if he breaks like he did in the Maiden, he's fine. <laughs> I realize that there's a world where Tappet Trice wins this, but there is also a world where he is last under the finish line because he <laughs> essentially drew the one of the 16 horse field because the one through four are all way faster than him. Zero chances ahead of those. Would you agree with that? Oh, come on. Hit show. I wouldn't say he's ahead of hit show. <laughs> Zero chance he runs. He's ahead of hit show under the, under the finish line the first time. That means he's the one who gets squeezed back the worst. That's why I, I can't, I can't back the Tappet Trice at a five to one price. And he's going to be your second choice here. No doubt in my mind, he's going off as your second choice. Third horse I'm going to use is a 17, which is now breaking out of the 16 post. I think it's hilarious that people are like, well, now you can play Dermaso Tegate because he's in the 16. If you like him in the 16, you should have liked him in the 17, okay? Because Nope, it's cursed. Practical move getting out of the race doesn't drastically change Dermaso Tegate's chances from the 16 to the 17 post. This is just a classic unknown for me. I don't know how good Dermaso Tegate is. I do know that a Japanese horse will win the Kentucky Derby in the next 10 years. This could easily be the one. He's got tactical speed. He's run off the pace in his Japanese races. He doesn't need the lead like he did in the UAE Derby. He is a big horse with big strides that can go the distance. Yeah, there's a ton of question marks. I get it. But when you're playing a pick five, you ask me who can win the race. I'm not sure how you can say you completely believe he can't. Because you don't know how good he is. You know he can work out a trip. You know he wants the distance. And you know Japanese horses have been successful. 
So for me, I'm not sure how you say, well, I like the 22 Mandarin Hero, who's been running at the B circuit in Japan, but I don't like the 17 Dermasota Gate, who's been running in the A circuit at Japan. That's like telling me all the horses at Golden Gate are better than all the horses at Del Mar. That's not true. So you got to kind of decide how you're going to structure your argument there. And so if you're using the 22, you have to be using the 17. And in my mind, mind Dermasota Gate is just, he's the classic unknown. We don't know how good he is. I, it was we. You asked the question earlier: Can someone win the triple crown? Right, and Forte is the most logical pick. The second highest chance to win a triple crown is Dermasotagate, because we don't know how good he is, and he could just be that good. So, it, to me, here it's it's a horse you kind of have to include in your multi race tickets. He may run last. He could run first, and, and I, when you're breaking down the number of horses that can win the race, I feel like he's got to be included on that list. <laughs> Lana is trying, still trying after what a month and a half, still trying to to tell us how to say the name. We're just gonna say how we say it. <laughs> Deal with it, Manu. <laughs> uh, love you, Manu. Um, uh, listen, Derma Sotagake. My biggest issue with him is that there are a lot of people, including Time Form, who I greatly respect for for reading pace. They think he's on the lead. That's based off of one race, the UAE Derby. If you go back to the uh, the Saudi Derby, was not on the lead. He was in the middle of the pack. You go back to the stakes at Kawasaki three back. He was in the middle towards the back. If you go to the stakes at Hanshin, he was in the middle. He ended up making a move. This horse has only led once, and it was on an asphalt, like a super highway track at Maidan when it, maybe the difference was Christophe Lemaire, and he pushed him up there. You know what Christophe Lemaire has done in the Kentucky Derby? He ruined Epicenter's chances of winning last year when he's riding Crown Pride. No, I'm not using Derby. I'm still not over that. I'll never be over that. Um, listen, Dermasodagaki could win. He could win this and, and beat me. I'm going to let him beat me. Um, it is interesting that you've got these horses with uh, Derma Sotagake and Continuar that have sprinter, American sprinter sires and Mind Your Biscuits and Dreyfong, but they have that Sunday silence breeding underneath from the damn side that really gives them that stamina. So very well-bred horse. Um, I am a little concerned also Derma Sotagake and Continuar have both seemed to struggle with uh, all of the attention around them at Churchill Downs. I'm a little worried when you've got 147,000 people screaming so loudly you can hear them three towns over that they're not going to thunder snow out of the gate. Like, that, something, especially Continuar. Maybe I trust Dermasodagaki a little bit better. Uh, Continuar, I think, is just going to be an absolute nutcase from that spot. Um, by the way, you talked about Mandarin Hero. Uh, the, the NAR being the the second uh, tier of the of the Japanese race um, race circuits. They produced uh, Ushba Tesoro, who won the, the uh, Dubai World Cup this year, and Loves Only You, who won the Breeders' Cup Distaff a couple of years ago. So even their second-tier horses... They're still pretty damn good. And we saw Mandarin here almost beat the horse that was going to be my top pick uh, for this race. Last one for me. I went back and forth. I almost had this horse on top at one point, uh, even before practically moved scratch. And that's the six Kings Barnes. And, and I don't love myself for it. But the more I look at this and remove my heart and just look at this analytically, this horse is extremely tactical. You know, he on his debut, he was just off the lead and won. He went to Tampa. He was multiple lengths back, won that race pretty easily. And then he goes to the Louisiana Derby and is given the lead without wanting it and just says, fine. And he ran the, yeah, it was a very slow time. Nobody pushed him. What was he supposed to do? It's not like he was just out there trying to go slow. And when he was asked to go, he really exploded. And I really liked that effort from him. To me, this is the type of horse, the classic Saratoga Slim horse, that when they get on the backstretch is going to be up near the lead and is able to shut it off. And he's able to catch his breath, relax, 
And then it, when they come off the the turn and it's at that quarter pole and you've got you got a quarter of a mile to go to get home, this horse I trust is still going to know how he, because he showed it in the Louisiana Derby. Yes, I can shut it off and I can turn it right back on. Very rare that a horse is so push button like that. Is he good enough? I don't know, but that he also has the second highest Brisnet late pace rating of the entire field, and it came from winning the Louisiana Derby when they went so slow. That tells me that this horse is going to have a ton left in the tank. Jose Ortiz, I think he gives him the, the early voting kind of uh, Preakness run that he had. You know, Jose Ortiz is very smart. He's got the horse. He'll set him in the right position. He'll give him the chance to go. It's just a matter of the horse is good enough. He might not be good enough. There's a lot of people who think that he is not good enough to win this, and he has to try and beat the curse of Apollo. I still think he's good enough to be on my ticket. Uh, it was between the six and seventeen for me as the fourth horse in. It was Dermot Sotagate and Kings Barnes. These are the two unknowns. I, I agree with everything you said on him. We don't know how good he is. We don't know how fast he is. We like there. There's a lot of question marks here. We don't know why the hell he couldn't get a rider until last Sunday, right? I mean, there's there, and what we do know is the Pletcher Barn thinks this is their third best horse in the race, and that is what ended up taking me off Kings Barnes for Dermot Sotagate. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if Kings Barnes wins on Sunday. Or Saturday. Sorry. If he wins on Sunday, I would be pretty surprised. Um, <laughs> he has he is going to sit a good trip, right? I think we can agree on that. He's going to sit in that middle pack behind the pace, fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. He's got a shot to win the race. And at 12 to 1, I totally understand why people want to back him. If I was using five horses in the Derby, Kings Barnes would be the horse I was using. Um, but he and it's it's funny, he and Satine were the two horses that got cut late for my ticket. To figure out how to price this thing, and and I was down to the, the seventeen Dermasoka Gake Manu and the Kings <laughs> Barnes uh, as as the last two on here, and I I went with Derma. I, I just I feel like his his upside's a little better than uh, than Kings Barnes simply because he, he is unquestionably thought of as the third most talented Pletcher, and I didn't want to include the third most talented Pletcher when I'm leaving the second most talented off. Or I do want to real quick just let people know. Uh, this is what Mike and I have been looking at in the background the entire show is Aaron with his head down and two birds. Like if case, you see me just randomly start laughing. In case you want to know what it's like to, to go through Derby Week. <laughs> That's, and it's not these necessary. It's partially directed at us, partially directed at Mike. It's also just, yeah, it's Derby Week. This is what happens to him. But hey, Aaron, the good news is you get to sleep in your own bed tonight instead of being on the road in some uh, rat infested motel or at an Airbnb where the floor is going to fall through from the bathtub. So you at least got that going for you. Yeah, and your pillows won't be in the basement. Positives. <sighs> <sighs> oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> Mark Elliott brought up a good point. Um, if Kings Barnes was trained by Bob Baffert, he might be the favorite. He fits the pattern of previous Derby winners and Triple Crown winners. Big purchase price, tactical speed, hopefully clear of trouble. Unfortunately, he's not trained by Bob Baffert. He's trained by Todd Pletcher, who, as a lot of people like to remind us, is two for like 69 or something in the Kentucky Derby. So He would um, also be yeah. the favorite in the Preakness, not the Derby, if he was trained by Bob Baffert. That's false. Yeah, very true as well. Whew. All right. Are we done? We did through it. Yeah, this was fun. Listen, this is the I have been I've never been less confident about a Kentucky Derby than I am about this year in terms of like picking one horse. And I was starting to get that way about practical movement. And he scratched. Last year, I was all gung-ho about Epicenter. This year, uh, listen, I hope it's Angel of Empire because then I wouldn't have sung for nothing. So, Well, I mean, I that. think you're lucky the practical move scratched because then you don't have to scratch out all of your tickets as, they, as he runs seventh and fades in the final furlong. 
And as JD Fox did bring up, it is, you know, Kazushi Kimura, I think, is uh, on his way to becoming, within a few years, we're going to start talking about him as, like, one of the top five jockeys in, in North America. He's very, very talented, uh, is the reason I believe Mandarin Hero was able to get so close to the Insania Derby. And it's nice to see that he'll also get to ride in the Kentucky Derby as well. Uh, let's go ahead, Mike. We'll give out our tickets one last time for the audio listeners. And then also, if you're watching on YouTube, we got it, or Twitter, thanks for Facebook, whatever, however you're watching us, take a look down below. I will start off, I'm going to go 5, 7, 9, single the 11, 6, 7, 8, 10, with 3, 4, 5, 7, 8, with 5, 6, 14, that's $90, Mr. Sumch. I'm going to go ahead and single the 7 to kick this sucker off, and then go 1, 3, 5, 11, with 7, 8, 10, with 5, 6, 7, with 8, 14, 15, 17, 72 bucks for 50 cents. Whew. We did it. We're done with this. And now all we have to do is wait for tomorrow. We're going to be live for like five hours tomorrow and then 10 hours on Saturday. No, it's a lot of fun. It, it is a, it's a labor of love, but it is, it's these, it's these damn scratches that just get us done. We'll be better. I promise. Uh, thank you everybody. Uh, I, gotta say, for... I just want the race to run at this point. The fact that we've got to wait for like two days now for this race to go is probably the most frustrating part. Cause like all the work is put in and now you just have to wait and you got to see, okay, is it going to rain tomorrow? That's the first question. And then is it going to rain overnight Friday night? So what track are we going to get? Are we going to stay on the turf? And then just run the damn race. Let's just go. Can we just have like two minutes between posts and just rush through this thing so we can see the results? The we'll hour a, uh, between the races gets brutal. Flavian Prack going to do what John uh, Velasca did in 2021 when he won with Malathat and Medina Spirit going for that Erks Oaks. Wow, Erks Oaks. Oaks Derby Double. You can tell I've been talking for too much today. But really, uh, I wanted to let everybody know, make sure you enjoy this week, the last couple of days, the next couple of days here. Uh, it, it is crazy. It's hectic. But we've been building to this for five months plus. Like, this is the culmination of everything. It's exciting. Don't forget, go to RacingNews.com. You can get the Racing Dudes Betting Bible available soon for download. Uh, we're just waiting for Jared to finish and put his picks in there. Everything else is in there. Our top four consensus from all the handicappers. You've also got... Aaron, uh, Aaron's whole play-by-play uh, -play for how he wants to attack uh, every single, uh, all 27 races over the next two days. Uh, we will be live from 4 to 6 Eastern on Friday covering the La Troyenne, the Edgewood Stakes, if it stays on turf, hopefully, and the Kentucky Oaks. And then we'll be live on Kentucky Derby Day for the last, I believe, five or six races. It'll be from 10, uh, let's see, do the math here, 1.45 p.m. to about 7.15 p.m., which will be once the Derby's done and we've all just kind of said, okay, here's what we think about this class. Here is officially the best three-year-old until two weeks from now for the Preakness Stakes. <laughs> um, real quick, You magic. tell him, Kevin. Real quick, Magic. Who, Oaks pick, who you got? I did see that, yeah. Uh, Oaks pick. Uh, for me on top, it is Southlawn. Yeah, Jared knew that. That's why the little shit took it took her from me in the draft. But uh, Southlawn is my pick over wet paint. I think that she is going to get the jump on wet paint, and I think that's what makes the, makes the difference for her. Flip it and hammer it cold. 7-4 exacta, cold, wet paint over South Lawn. I, those are the two, I think, the only two you need if you're playing the Derby Oaks double. I do like uh, I like Pretty Mischievous in third. I thought that her uh, her Fairgrounds Oaks race when she got caught uh, was uh, better than it looked on paper. It just it didn't quite set up for her with pace uh, set up. But I also like Pretty Mischievous. Uh, but yeah, good luck. Remember, don't bet over your head. Don't put all of your money into the first race on Friday because it's 27 races and you can sit out a bunch of them. I know I'm going to. That's kind of the way that the betting Bible is structured now is if you don't have a strong opinion, just take a hard pass on it. Save your money and press your stronger opinions. Uh, 
good luck to everybody. It's been so fun. Uh, hopefully we have no more scratches. I know we're all done and sick of all of that stuff. So uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellowart. He is at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight. We'll be live again, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern uh, on Friday morning, just to kind of give our last thoughts, answer your last questions for the Derby and the Oaks. But until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. I'm going to go take a drink. Good luck, everybody. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.